Have you ever wondered how you can find your kids' interests and what they're good at when you can't afford all the extra lessons and classes? That's the topic of today's episode. Welcome, everyone, to the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 28-year veteran homeschooling mom. Also, I am the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms. I also want to let you know that you can find any of those books at my website, DorendaWilson.com. You can find them on Amazon and you can find the four-hour school day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. I have an offer to make you if you're interested. I'm wondering if you would like a devotional. It's a digital download. It's called Encouraging a Homeschool Heart. And I wrote this devotional to accompany the four-hour school day. Now, this is the time of year when many of us are thinking about next year's plan, and it's a great time to reorient ourselves um, to make sure that we're honing in on what we believe God really has for our family. So um, answering lots of questions, facing fears, working through those things, those are some of the topics that I address in this digital download devotional. So if you're interested in receiving that for free, all you have to do is sign up for my monthly newsletter and it's all yours. It'll be sent to your inbox. So I hope you'll check that out. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Also, I am wondering if you might possibly be looking for a new math curriculum. CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Creative graphics and animations synchronized with the friendly voice of internationally acclaimed teacher Pat Murray makes learning math easy and effective. CTC has been favorably reviewed and is Kathy is in Kathy Duffy's 103 Top Picks, as well as the old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your child break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. I wanted to also let you know that I am going to be at some conferences that might be in your area, Northern California, Rockland, which is just north of Sacramento. I will be at a conference there speaking for and encouraging homeschooling families. So I'll leave a link to that in the show notes in case you can make it there and we can actually meet in person. Wouldn't that be awesome? Also, I'm going to be speaking at a small event up in Prosser, Washington called the School at Home Symposium. And this is, again, in Prosser, Washington, which is just outside the Tri-Cities. So if you are interested in attending that, I will leave a link in the show notes for that as well to make it easy for you to find. All right. So I received a message from a mom and I thought her question was excellent. I do receive some really good questions and there are times that I miss questions or I read them and I intend to go back to them and then I never do. So please forgive me if that has happened to you and I never answered your question. You are welcome to resend the message and uh, just let me know that this is your second attempt. (laughs) 
that way I won't lose it again. But I get messages from a lot of different places. And so I try to keep up with it, but um, sometimes I fail. So uh, forgive me and resend the message if you like. But I want to share this particular one with you because I set it aside thinking to myself, I think a lot of moms might have this question. Okay, so here's what she had to say. Thank you so much for all that you do. I am so thankful that I found you early on in my homeschooling journey. My boys are six and seven, and we just finished first grade. What sort of advice do you have for finding out what your kids' interests are and what they're good at when you can't afford all the extra lessons and classes? We can't afford music lessons, gymnastics, etc. Thank you. So that is such an excellent question because I think there's a lot of us who are in that boat that we really can't afford all of that. And somehow we think that we might be um, doing our kids a disservice because we don't have the money to do these things. Okay, moms, I really want to just kick that lie to the curb. So all the years that our kids were growing up, we lived on one very modest single income for 10 people. So eight kids, two adults, and it was, things were tight, you know, and I just tell people all the time, like we never felt poor. We just felt so wealthy just with the blessings that God had had given us. And but, you know, money is an issue, as we all know. Like, we, we have to buy food. We have to, there's, it's part of our culture. It's part of living. It's part of living on this earth. And so it really came down to the same thing for us. We could not afford all of that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's really important for us to, one, remember um, not to assume that music lessons and gymnastics and these expensive things that we can spend money on are the only way to find out what our kids' interests are. So to me, that is sort of a reflection of the very wealthy culture that we live in. Uh, we, We associate money and being able to afford things with success. And, you know, moms, we're believers. We work in God's economy. God has plans and purposes for our children, and he has a way to move them toward that with or without money. God can provide all kinds of opportunities, and this is what I saw happen over and over and over again, and this is where I think it's really good for a mentoring mom to speak the truth out in terms of my experience and what I've seen with other people as well, um, just because I'm a little further down the road, okay? So let me build your faith up today. God has given you the children that he has given you intentionally. He has also given you the current income that you have intentionally. Not that we don't look to grow our income or business or whatever, but we have only so much to work with right now. And if you find yourself in a place where this is not something you can afford, like I did, I encourage you to do uh, what I did. I just said, Lord, I know that you have us right where you want us and that you have a plan and a purpose. And so I ask that you would open up any opportunities for our kids that they need to prepare them for the future and give me eyes to see so that I don't miss it. You know, I don't want to be so busy or distracted that I miss opportunities. But at the same time, moms, we do not need to stress about this. This is not something that we need to, a heavy burden that we need to bear. 
So remember that God is sovereign over your kids' lives. I have, like I said, watched God open up opportunity after opportunity after opportunity with our kids. I could tell you story upon story upon story, but right now I'm just going to tell you one story. Uh, When Jake was pretty young, um, you know, he was our oldest son. And so I thought a little more about provision in terms of preparing him for the future. And I knew There's no way that I could prepare him for a future that was completely unknown. And at that point in time, when he was very young, the idea of being a software engineer, which is what he ended up being, wasn't even on the radar of possible a list of jobs that the the, average person would pursue. Now it's a very, very, very um, needed and... needed job. There, there, There's tons of openings out there for software engineers, especially good ones. Anybody in the IT industry. But back then, the internet wasn't a thing. So I knew in my heart, like, I can't do what it takes to prepare this kid. I'm just going to do what I know to do, make sure that he can read and he can write and he continues to progress in math and all of that and prayed and asked the Lord to open up doors for him like I did with all of our other children. But what I saw happen was we ended up attending this co-op and there was a, at that point when he, this is when he was a little bit older, there was a computer class and there was a teacher who was the, he was like the computer room teacher. And um, sometimes it was just a place where like a, like one of those classes where you would just like a study hall, only you got to play on the computer. You could play computer games or whatever. So this, this teacher was in that room all the time. And he, he really connected with Jake. He was really good with the kids, but he connected with Jake and really, really encouraged him that he had a gift when it came to computers. And that ignited this massive interest for Jake. Now, I could never have planned that. God brought someone else along to sort of ignite that flame in his heart. And by the time he was 12 years old, and this is very unusual, we should never expect this. I don't even expect it at 18. But at 12, he knew what he was made to do. He said, Mom, I know what I want to do. I want to be a software engineer. I want to work on computers. I want to learn how to code. Okay, so I know nothing about any of this. So now he's, you know, sounds like he nailed down his his career choice. Of course, I'm thinking he's 12. He could easily change his mind in the next several years, but you know what? He didn't. It's common for kids to change their minds. And this is something we have to recognize as homeschooling moms that our kids are going to go through a lot of different interests and hobbies before they finally land on something that turns into some sort of career. But the whole time, all along the way, they are learning and they are learning how to learn. So these interests are are very important. But what we want to do is we can't, what we can't do is we can't force an interest. All we can do is put things in front of them like a buffet. And we put in front of our kids whatever God has provided, whatever that is. And so I'm going to go through a few things that help mine out our kids' interests and, um, you know, kind of help them find out what they're good at. Um, It's a lot of experimenting. But one thing I do want to say about this question that this mom sent, the kids are six and seven. Oh, man, they are still so, so young. And I love the fact that she wants to help encourage them towards that. 
But what I don't want is for it to become a burden, and especially a burden of guilt that you can't afford all of these lessons. You know what? If God has lessons for your kids in a certain area, he is going to provide for that. So do not fret. uh, Do not worry. God knows what he's doing. He loves our kids more than we do. Our job is just to be listening and watching. Um, But I also want to share a couple other things that I talk about in one of the workshop sessions that I do when I'm at conferences. And so I, I want to share this this part of this workshop with you because I think that it's um, it really speaks to this mom's question. All right, so Einstein said this. He said, I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious. So curiosity is something that we want to encourage in our kids. Um, And honestly, sometimes that just means we have to simplify. What we can end up doing sometimes when we're panicking and we're working from a place of fear is we think we have to do all the things. So maybe you can't afford the lessons and all of that, but you're grabbing onto all of these free activities and loading our kids up with all kinds of extracurricular things in hopes that we're going to somehow find their interests, their, their, um, you know, their talents, their giftings, that kind of thing. But the truth is that learning is instinctive. Kids are curious and we need to respect and trust their natural ability to learn and to hone in on those things at the right time. So this, this instinctive, um, this instinct that our kids have to learn to learn and their curiosity is actually a gift from God. And I think that we need to stop and actually really enjoy that fact. It is it is it is supposed to make our job easier and their job easier. It's supposed to help us relax and just facilitate whatever God is orchestrating because kids are naturally curious and what they really need is time and space to follow through on their thoughts and ideas and not always be rushed because we know that our kids are always learning, even as they're playing, especially when they're playing, especially in the early years, um, they're learning. On, and they're firing on all cylinders because it's 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 something that they have initiated. It's something that they have decided to dive into. It's not something we're putting on them, okay? So what happens is um, we want to give our kids time and space to follow through on their thoughts and ideas and not always be rushed because those thoughts and ideas will eventually lead us to their unique gifts, talents, and passions. So... I'm always encouraging moms to slow down and to take a more unhurried approach to learning. I talk about this in my mentoring course. Um, I'll leave a link in the show notes for that as well. I talk about what it looks like to take a more simple, unhurried approach, kindergarten to 12th grade, which is what we did with our kids and saw really, really great uh, fruit from that. And because God, that's what God was calling us to. But unhurried learning allows our children and us to hone in on their specific gifts, talents, and uniquenesses. Now, how do we begin to uncover these gifts, okay? Well, it's three ways that I think are um, kind of the main ways that we do this. The number, the first one is exposure. So we want our kids to have experiences. Now, before you jump 
into thinking, oh my gosh, she just told me that I, it's okay if I can't afford all these lessons, but now she's telling me I need to give my kids experiences. Moms, we do not have to force these experiences. We can pray and keep our eyes and ears open to the possibilities because what we don't wanna do, again, is get ourselves overscheduled and it happens really quickly. Moms, we cannot work from a place of fear. We must work from a place of trust. We trust in God's good plan for our children and our ability to hear from him, okay? What does that mean? That means that we are bringing things before him on a regular basis. We're asking him to give us eyes to see where he's working and to join in on what he's doing. Um, And especially in the early years, so much of this exposure and these experiences can happen at home, okay? So gathering wood and nails and a hammer and like I would just let the boys create just like what they could from what they had. This is another thing that we often do is over-resource our kids. We give them way too many things to choose from. We need to scale back and give them minimal things to work with. Like I just found what I could find. And, you know, and I said, here you go. I I want you to build something, okay? Um, Later years, when, you know, when our kids got older into the high school years, they took that self-directed time that we gave them every afternoon and they did things like uh, part, they were part of a drama program at the co-op. They did job shadowing. They helped out the neighbors. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And it was just things that came up organically and naturally because we were watching God you know, we could see, oh, this is an opportunity from the Lord. This is not something we could conjure up. Like this is something that's just plopped in our lap. God will do that. I asked him to do that over and over and over again. God, whatever you have for us, would you please put it right in front of us and don't let us um, miss it. And he was so faithful to do that. So Specifically, um, one thing that I want to point out to you is that in our particular family schedule, we had directed learning in the morning, and then we had self-directed learning in the afternoon. I made sure those kids had margin every afternoon, except for the occasional dental appointment or whatever. They knew 90% of the time they were going to get that time in the afternoon to do what they wanted to do. And I was talking to my boys about it the other day, and they were like, yeah, I mean, there were times that we were literally bored. And guess what, moms? Boredom often leads to creativity. So it's okay for them to be uncomfortable. Um, We were kind of reminiscing sort of the way that I handled that in our home. And what I did was I had a jar of, of little pieces of paper with either chores or something fun to do on them. And the, the, or I would just give them a job. So the, the boys were, you know, sharing with me, like what they remembered was that if they used the word bored with me, I would give them a job or I would have them pick a paper out of that that jar and they took their chances. They had a 50-50 chance that they were going to get a chore and not a fun thing out of that jar. You know what? That was more motivating than anything for them to figure things out. Sometimes I would throw suggestions out there and I would say, well, what do you, how about this? How about that? A lot of times they would shoot them down because they, it wasn't what they wanted to do. And so I would just say, okay, well, that's fine, but you guys have to figure it out. I'm not going to let you play video games. I'm not going to let you watch TV because you can't figure it out. So um, see you later. You know, mainly sent them outside. 
this is, that is the place where they learned so much about themselves, about how they learn, how to produce, how to create, what to do with boredom. It was good for them. And they, to this day, they are so thankful for having that time every day. And again, as they got older, they would spend that time maybe job shadowing, which also helped them hone in on, you know, yes, I want this job. No, this job isn't what I thought it was. Um, and which makes us really glad that they did that because what if they didn't job shadow, didn't realize that, you know, there were a lot of things about that job they really didn't like. Um, and they, and let's just say they just went straight to college thinking that's what they wanted to do, took the, the you know, the, the patterned, you know, like what everybody would call the path of success, go straight from high school to college, spend several years in college, rack up a bunch of debt. And then when they're done and they actually start the job, they realize they actually hate the job. So job shadowing was just wonderful. And you know, it's pick up the phone. It's call places. I called the physical therapy office for our son. I'm like, hey, I've got a a high schooler who's interested in being a physical therapist. Um, Can he job shadow? Can he, you know, follow you around and just see what what it is you do? They were thrilled to give him that opportunity. And most of the time, that's what I've found to be true. So don't be afraid to pick up the phone and make the call. The worst thing they can do is say no, right? And then the kids were all pretty, all of my kids were involved in drama. They were either in the tech part or the artistic part or the backstage, um, depending on, you know, kind of where they were that year. Some of them, you know, were a little more shy than others. And so they would start out backstage and then they would find themselves eventually with the courage to try out for a part and things like that. And all of these things were experiences that just, if they didn't turn into a job or a career, they fed into skills and they, uh, that they used later. They gave them experiences that grew them and matured them. Um, and a lot of times, as they're experiencing all these things, they're finding out it's it's not that. No, I don't want to do that. It's no, 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 no. But when they get to the yes, it's really, really clear because they've had all these other things that they've recognized are not what they want to do. So when the thing that they do want to do comes along, it's a lot more clear. So these experiences and this exposure is really um, important. But again, we're not gonna we're not gonna conjure this up. We're not going to force this. We're going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord to give us opportunities as he sees fit. And man, it is so faith building to see what good care he takes of our kids. But the point is that these experiences can help create circumstances that allow us begin to, to begin to see the ways that our kids are gifted and help them grow in areas that they're not. You know, I often encourage moms to homeschool from where they live because homeschooling needs to be sustainable. If we are trying to run around and do way too many things, we are never going to be able to do it well or intentionally, um, like to really fulfilling the purposes, like being intentional with our homeschooling. Um, We're more focused on performance and less focused on purpose. And our purpose, purpose needs to be our measuring stick, not performance, not not us being, you know, having our kids involved in everything under the sun to make it look good as though we're doing enough as homeschooling moms. We don't need to do that. We do not need to cave into that pressure. But we want homeschooling to be sustainable for our family. So for us, that looked like living on acreage, having a garden, having animals, inclement weather. We built a house together. That's not something we planned to do, but again, God opened up the doors and it ended up being an amazing family experience. Um, but for you, for you, this might, you know, your homeschooling from where you live may look entirely different. 
from what ours did, and that is okay. God knows what each of our kids needs in order to prepare them for the future, and he has us right where he wants us, at least for now. But we have to not be rushing from one thing to the next in order to recognize and take advantage of these opportunities. We also have to remember that um, encouraging ownership is important. So exposure and experiences. Number two, encouraging ownership. So when our kids own their education, they are involved, they are engaged, and they are motivated. So our son, Jake, when he was decided that he wanted to be a software engineer, um, he was really, he worked hard on math, but he really struggled with the language arts. And um, yet when he got into college, um, he stepped up to the plate and owned you know, he owned that English class and he he got a, a B plus on his first paper. It had footnotes and everything, which I did not teach him. But it was it was because at this point he was owning his education and owning his life decisions. And so ownership is really, really important. We want our kids to own whatever they're doing. If if they're just working on a project at home, building a birdhouse or, you know, creating something during that self-directed time, um, we want them to own it. Now, one of the mistakes that I used to make is I would get really excited about their project and I would try to like insert myself into their project and I would start to say, oh, what about this? Do you want to, you know, do you want to watch a documentary on this? What I found was that, I would. I learned to gently throw out a suggestion, and if they said no, I accepted it. I did not make that project my project. They needed to do that project mostly on their own. It needed to be their thing, their ideas, and I needed to allow them to see those ideas and thoughts all the way through to the end. Even if nothing ultimately was produced, they went through the process And I think that is absolutely key. And if they're going through the process and they're owning it, they are going to, like I said before, be be firing on all cylinders and they're going to be learning far more than we could ever teach them, than any book could ever teach them. All right. The third thing that I think is important and my third and final um, thing that I want to share that I believe helps bring out our kids' interests and hobbies and um, just their their giftings is that we as parents need to be a student of our children. Because when we know our children inside and out, it helps direct our homeschooling. It helps us decide what activities are worth our time and effort and which ones are not in that moment. So an opportunity might come along that might be a great opportunity, but you know your child does not have an interest in that thing right now. Now, that doesn't mean that you might not decide to go ahead and give it a try anyway, because sometimes it can spur something in our children that we didn't know was there. But I always started out just asking the kids, you know, like, what what do you think about doing this, even though they'd never mentioned that it was an interest? Um, you know, and sometimes they jumped on board. Sometimes they didn't. Again, moms, at the end of the day, we have to make the final decision. And I think that we can prayerfully ask the Lord to show us whether that opportunity, we should move forward with it or not. Um, because all the time we spend doing any activity, um, we can't, if we spend it there, we can't spend it somewhere else. 
maybe in an area that might be more fruitful. Um, So anyway, all that to say, I think we need to be wise stewards of our time and of our children's time. But part of that is being a good, being a student of our children. So I've told this story before, but um, there was several years that I had a garden in the same spot, but one year in particular, it just had an amazing harvest. And I asked myself, why? What is the difference? Why did I have so much more this year? And I knew what it was immediately. It was that I had been out in that garden every single day, not for copious amounts of time, but just there every day, keeping a pulse on what was going on out there. I could waylay any major disasters. I was nurturing those plants. And so we do the same thing with our children. We nurture our children physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually by just keeping a pulse on where they are so that we know what their current needs are. We know what their current interests are. And again, that helps direct us so that we can watch for where God is working and join him. Watch for where learning is happening and work with what God is already doing. So maybe our kids have a sparked interest in something, and instead of doing the thing over here that we had planned on doing, we let them engage in that interest for as long as it in, as it is an interest to them. I would, you know, a lot of times offer a resource. I would say, do you guys need anything? As you're, you know, I see you're working on a project. Is there anything you need from me? And if I could possibly get them what they needed, I would. My kids actually really like to use as little resources as possible. I think there was something challenging about that. So they wouldn't ask me for 10, a list of 10 things. And there were some times when maybe they asked me for something expensive, didn't typically happen. And I would have to tell them, oh, sorry, I can't do that. Is there a less expensive version of that? Or is there another way you could do that? And again, that supposed disadvantage is actually an opportunity for our kids to problem solve. So do you see what's happening here? I mean, God uses situations that seem like obstacles and he uses them as opportunities for so many different things. And one of the best things is being able to see his hand at work in our homeschooling and in the lives of our children. So I just want to encourage you with that. Again, reminding you to keep margin in your day so that your kids have time for independent play. I mentioned earlier that earlier that it serves so many purposes. Our kids need time to be creative. We need to not keep them so busy that they don't have time to be bored and to sort of like reach deep down inside of them and learn to be creative because it's one of the greatest gifts that we can give them. So let's go ahead and bow in a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you so much that you love our kids more than we do. I thank you that you give us and bring us. You're perfectly capable, able, and willing to bring any opportunity that our kids need. I thank you, Lord, that our kids can learn things, the same things, so many different ways, and they don't have to cost money. Lord, thank you that you put boundaries on us sometimes, I believe, to grow our faith. And help us to be faithful to live within those boundaries and faithful to trust you that you are a good God and you have good plans for us and for our children. In Jesus' name, amen. Just want to share one more resource before we part ways today. 
Are you looking to give your child a well-rounded education while also ensuring positive socialization opportunities and their opportunity, their ability to succeed in life? Consider joining a classical conversations community and homeschooling alongside local families. Led by a trained licensed director, families learn through cla- classical conversations, proven Christ-centered curriculum together in a community. With locations in all 50 states and over 50 countries, there's bound to be a community near you. To find your community today, visit classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. That's classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. Have a great day. 